Hey, it's so good to welcome you to Fields Church Online, and we are so pleased that you've tuned in for this message. No matter what's going on in your world right now, we pray that you come away feeling encouraged by this message. Of your word and of your message to us, and God, would you do powerful things with your word through Richard this morning? We're ready, we're listening, we're waiting, we're expectant of what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Good morning, church. How are we doing this morning? Are you ready for the word of God? Before we start, could I just ask you to just all close your eyes? Just for a moment as I was just praying last night and this morning. I always ask God to use people, not just me, with the gifts of the Spirit. And I always just go before God and ask him to give me a word, give me something that I can speak to our congregation about that would encourage them and build them up. And as I was just thinking and praying and worshiping, the word refresh came to my mind and to my heart. And as I prayed further this morning, it became really strong. I really believe there are people here this morning that need some refreshing in their lives, refreshing in their spiritual walk with God, just refreshing. Maybe you're discouraged or depressed or worried or anxious or fearful. The Bible says that times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. I don't know about you, during those songs I began to weep and just cry and just, I just began to think of what God has done for me. And how amazing, the, the amazing things that he's done in my life. And if you're here this morning and you, that, that word is speaking to you, that you just need a refreshing in your life. Things have gone a little bit sour. Things haven't gone the way you intended. Maybe with your work, with your family, with your job. In a marriage, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband or wife. And you just feel a little stale. And you just want God to just touch you, to refresh you this morning. Just put your hand up while no one's looking around and just say, yeah, that's me. I just want to be refreshed this morning. Anybody? I'll put my hand up because there's times when I need refreshing. There's plenty of people here. I'm just going to pray over you. Father God, I thank you for the refreshing of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, when people need a refreshing that you just invade them with your presence. Whatever is going on in their mind, Father God, any strongholds, any battles raging in their minds right now, I pray that you would keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Thank you for a, a refreshing that only the Lord can bring in their lives, Father God. Right now, we just ask you to touch them, be with them. Fill them afresh, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we're talking about the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This is part two. We're looking at the gifts of the Spirit. Um, can anyone do with a helper now, now and then? You know, when Jesus ascended, he said, I'm going to send you another one. I'm going to send you a helper, and he's going to come. He's going to show you things to come. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to lead you into all truth. How many of us need to be led into all truth? All of us. Is that right? He will tell us things to come. You know, I have a bit of a secret. It's a secret that I'm going to share this morning. I not only have the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I have Esther as well to put me right when I do things wrong. Especially when I'm in the car. Is that right? 
Shouldn't be like that, love. Just bless them. <laughs> not, that I, not that I moan at people as they go past. I've got better, have I? I've got a lot better, yeah. So it's good when, when I get a, you know, the, the jab in the ribs from the wife, you get one in the side from the Holy Spirit, and the wife's there also to give you a bit of a jab. Okay, last week we started this series on spiritual gifts, and we learned that these spiritual gifts are what? What are they? If you can tell me, who remembers? What are they? Anything else? They're, yeah, they're given by grace. They're divine, aren't they? They're divine. That's what we learned last week. And they're supernatural. Say supernatural. So these gifts are not natural. They're supernatural gifts. And we describe this word, the supernatural demonstration of the Holy Spirit's presence and power. That's what that talks about. That's what that means. There are lots of natural gifts that we can see in our Bibles. There's what we call ministerial gifts. And that's pastor, uh, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. That's the fivefold ministry. And then we have things like motivational gifts. And we also have spiritual gifts. What about motivational gifts? Steve, how do you like, how do you, what, what, do, you, what do you really like doing in church? Encouraging, Encouraging what else? Serving. Serving, that was it. Do you have a passion for it? You really have a passion for it because you're motivated to serve people, aren't you? That's, good. That's a good thing, isn't it? But we're talking about spiritual gifts this morning. And there are four things that we spoke about last week. Can anyone remember? There's a box of chocolates that Andrew has in his car. For anyone who can remember all four, you've got to remember all four. Can you shout them out to me? Sorry? Given by grace. It's a gift. To help others, supernatural, given to all. Are you, I think collectively you've got it, so you could get a few, a handful of sweets each. What do you think? Okay, that's not there. Where, why is that not there? Let me have a look. No, okay, that's not there. I'm going to read them out to you. I'm going to read them out to you. They, they're, a, they're a variety of gifts. They're given by grace, by the Holy Spirit. They're spiritual gifts, and they're given to each one. And they're given to, why, why, are they, why are these gifts given to the body of Christ? What's the main reason? To do what? To glorify God, that's one thing. No wrong answer. What is it? To help others, top of the class, Danny. To help others, that's why we have them. So I don't know why there's this confusion in the body of Christ about spiritual gifts. We don't want to go there. We don't want to know about the Holy Spirit. Uh, a lot of churches, some churches are like that. They don't want to know about uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit. They don't know who the, the Holy Spirit is. Maybe they're ignorant, like I said last week. Maybe they've had no teaching on the Holy Spirit. And that's why we're doing this teaching. And I'm going to get others to come and share as well over the coming weeks. Have you got your Bibles with you this morning? That's the sword of the Spirit. Go to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4. And we're going to go through and just paint a little bit of a picture around these verses before we get into the first gift. Now there are diversities. I'm going to read from the Amplified. I like this. Now there are divert, distinctive varieties of spiritual gifts. Look at this. Special abilities 
given by grace. You see, we can't earn these gifts. We can't strive for them. They're given by grace. They're freely given to anyone who would desire them. And we're going to come to that in a minute. And extraordinary power, look at that, of the Holy Spirit operating in only apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. Special people. The RSV says that. The Richard Smith version says that only special people can use these gifts. What does that verse say? What? In believers. Have we got any, any believers here this morning? But it is the same Spirit who grants them and empowers believers. The greater one lives in you. Say that. The greater one lives in me. Go to your first choice and say, the greater one lives in you. Turn to your second choice. They won't be offended because they were the second. And say the same thing. You know, the Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Do you think God, the Holy Spirit, exerted his power where he raised Christ from the dead? I've got one, one excited yep. You're so excited about it. Do you think that's power? Yeah. That same power lives in you and me. Is that true? God uses ordinary people, doesn't he? We said that last week. Tell your neighbor you're ordinary. That'll offend them. Okay, we can see. We can see there's a variety of spiritual gifts given by the Holy Spirit to empower us to do what God has called us to do. How many ministers of the gospel do we have here this morning? Five. Right. Let's ask, let's ask this side here. How many ministers of the gospel do we have here this morning? Oh, we have a few more here this morning. How many here? Oh, yeah, a little bit better than that lot. Come on, you've got to beat that lot. Come on. You're special. Say that. I'm special. Now, the word gifts, the word gifts in this verse is the word charisma. We get the word charismatic from that. And it means, I love this, look at this, a divine gift. It's divine. Which one receives without merit. We can't earn it, we don't deserve it, but God gives us a gift. What is a gift? Something that's given freely, isn't it? Yes? It says grace or gifts of extraordinary power. Our Bible is full of power, isn't it? The Word of God is full of power. It's active, isn't it? It's powerful. That's what the Bible says. Okay, so in verse 6 it says this, 1 Corinthians 12. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. That word diversities of activities is the Greek word, I can't speak Greek, energema, energema, and it means energy and it means working. You have the working energy of the Holy Ghost within you, each one of you. Say that, I have the power of God working in me. Let's say that with conviction one more time. I have the power of God working in me. God is not a respecter of persons. And you think, well, he could use Moses. He was very powerful, or Abraham, or Paul, or anybody else. But he can use you as well. Say that, God wants to use me. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? Do you believe he wants to? Do you believe he would? Hallelujah. That's it. We're getting somewhere now. Let's have a look at verse 6 in the Amplified now. It says there, and there are distinctive ways of working to accomplish things. 
But it is the same God who produces all things in a few believers. What does it say? Everyone say believers. And that means all. That also means me. And look at this. What will it do? It says to inspire, energize, and empower them. That's amazing, isn't it? I'm going to read it from there because mine is a little different. And there are distinctive ways of working to accomplish things. God wants to accomplish things in the earth through who? Us. Are we ready? Are we willing? Great, we're going to go and evangelize this afternoon. But it is the same God who produces all things in all believers, inspiring, energizing, and empowering them. I think that's really amazing. These gifts are there to empower you to be the hands and feet that Jesus needs on the earth. Let's have a look who they're given to again. I want to drum this in. We're going to just keep drumming this in until you get it. Verse 7, the Amplified. But to each one. Everyone say each one. Does that leave anybody out? Say that includes me. But to each one is given the manifestation. That's a big word for a Sunday, isn't it? That's the, the Amplified. Of the Spirit. The spiritual illumination, look at this, and the enabling of the Holy Spirit for the common good. The reason we had these gifts is for the common good. So I don't know why we wouldn't want them. How many of you believe, if, how many of you believe, or how many of you have gone before God and said, I'd like to operate in some of these gifts? Yeah, a few of you. That's wonderful. That's good to know. Now, that word manifestation in that verse just means to bestow or it means to reveal. God wants to reveal these things in and through his word to us so that we can grasp them. And what's their purpose? For the common good, so that everyone is blessed. Amen? It's for the common good of everybody. They're a benefit to everyone. So, in the next few verses, 1 Corinthians 12 from verse 8 onwards, we're going to have a look at nine spiritual gifts we can see listed one after the other. And over the weeks, we're going to go through these and explain what they are and try and get you to grasp them. And then next week, we're going to do something a little different next week. You're going to use some of them in the service. Tell your neighbor, here's a challenge for you. Be here next week. If half of you come, if, I'll tell you what, if half of you come, I'm going to spend the afternoon phoning you and saying, where were you? Come on now. You need to be, tell your neighbor you need to be here. So we're going to have a look at these nine spiritual gifts. Hopefully you're going to get them. Let's believe that you are. Okay, verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom. What's that? We're going to have a look at that today. Through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge. We can look at that next week. Through the same Spirit. Verse 9. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings, that's plural. Do you see that? By the same Spirit. Look at this, verse 10. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. And when we get onto that subject, you know, we, need, we really don't need to be freaked out about a heavenly language that God wants to give, I believe, every single believer. And we're going to have a look at the difference between a tongue that someone would have when they're glorifying God or praying and when someone interprets a tongue in, in a congregation like this, when someone gives a word 
And that word needs to be interpreted. We're going to explain that, and hopefully you're going to grasp that. See, I have the mind of Christ, and I can understand everything Richard says, because it's plain. Because it's plain. That's right. Believe nothing that I say. Believe everything that Jesus tells you. Look at this. Distributing to each one. Individually as he wills. Amen. Like this morning, I believe during the worship, we created an atmosphere. I really sensed the anointing on those songs at the end. And I believe that gives a platform. We don't just want, we want God's presence here. We don't want an atmosphere. We, don't want to, we like to create some kind of atmosphere that, that feels like church, that feels something different than a school, right? But we want God's presence. That's what we want more than anything else. And I sense God's presence while we were singing those last songs. And that's the time when God, that's a platform really for when God can really move and he really starts to speak to hearts. If we're listening, are you dialed in? Anyone remember these, these old radios that you... I never used to listen to the radio. I didn't listen to the radio. But these old radio things where you've got to tune in. You've got to get the aerial up and you've got to take... It's like your phone. You've got no, no signal. What, what do you do? What, do, what does every person do that's got a mobile phone when they haven't got a signal? <laughs> they, they do. Don't lie. I know you all do it. I've done it. And that's a bit, it is a bit weird, isn't it? I mean, as if we're... If, doing that, we're going to get a, you know, a decent signal. But is your aerial up? Are you tuned in? Are you plugged in? Are you on the right station? See, we need to be fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit more if we want to see these gifts operate more in our world. Not just in church, in life group, on the street. Have you ever gone out ministering to people on the street and asked people if you could pray for them? Anyone done that? Oh, a couple of people, just a couple. We did something in London with George's church. Who, you know, who knows George? And we went down to, um, went down to London. And it was just amazing. The amount of people, when you said, can I pray for you, said yes. Some said no. Said, no I'm, I'm, I'm an atheist, so I don't want to know. I said, that's fine. You serve your God, I'll serve mine. I'm not going to judge you for that. But people, when you ask them, can I pray for you, they said yes. It's amazing how people can be open. People, people have this innate thing in them that they know there is a God, but they reject God, don't they? That's the problem with the world today. And we've got to try and turn that around, haven't we? And you know, I love that last part of that verse. What does it say there? He gives distributing to each one individually as he will. Who's that talking about? That's the Holy Spirit. Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit as he. He's a person, the third person of the Godhead. He's a personality. He's not just a force. Amen? Can we say amen to that? Okay, so these are the nine spiritual gifts that we're going to list here. And I've set them out in blocks of three. And these are what I would call the three revelation gifts. A word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. That's what I would call the three revelation gifts. The next three, the power gifts, this is what I would call them. Faith. Now, this faith is different. Everyone has, has been given the measure of faith. We're going to talk about the gift of faith when we come to that uh, in a few weeks' time. Gifts of healings. Again, that's plural. Gifts of healings. And then the working of miracles. And then there are the three vocal gifts. What I would say, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. You know, these gifts do not just magically appear. They don't just appear. You're walking down the road and these gifts just manifest. 
I believe they'll come when you've spent time with God and, and you're asking him in your day, who can I minister to today? Now, I'm a pastor and I do this for a living, but you live in that place world. You go to some of you go to school, college, praying for those people. Pray for opportunities and to be salt and light in the earth. How are you going to do that? Because you're not doing it in here because I, I, I assume most of us are saved, right? But we can do it out there wherever we go. We can touch lives, can't we? With being, you know, giving good gestures, being doing kind things, random acts of kindness. Like when someone... Uh, we, Esther and I went on holiday somewhere, and we are just having coffee, and at the end of it, I just felt led, there was an, uh, an elderly lady in the corner, and I just felt, uh, Esther, I just want to pray for whatever she's had, this meal that she's had. So I went to the checkout, and I paid for my bill, and I said, can you just, I want to pay for that lady's bill. Has she paid yet? No, she hasn't paid. I said, can you just say that someone just bought your meal? Now, that's a kind thing to do, isn't it? But the, how many of you have been at the, the checkout and someone just hasn't got enough money and they start putting things back? Yeah, one of you have. That's good. I'm glad someone's obedient. Two of you have. And you've gone and paid for that person. You paid their bill or given them the extra cash that they need. And there have been times when I've been going, who goes to those parking meters? How many of you love parking meters? In, in, how many of you love them? You actually love them. And you've got to stand 10 minutes to read what's on there first. Right, And then you realize you've got no money. And then you say, oh, it takes card, and you've got your phone, because I use Apple Pay now, and I'm going, and it's not working. You've got to get your card out. They're horrendous, aren't they? Not very good. I don't know why I mentioned that. Why did I mention that? What, what, what train of thought was I? And I can't remember. It's working patience. Yeah, God is working patience in me. I do not get annoyed. I do not get annoyed with that machine. I do not start talking to that machine. Have you seen people that talk to these machines? Blessed machines, they won't. But then someone else joins in, and you've got this little crowd, and you're discussing how rubbish the machines are for 10 minutes. Absolutely. I don't know why I got onto that. Why did I get onto that? Random acts of kindness. And then once I didn't have any money, and someone gave me a pound. See? If you sow, what? You reap. Is that right? You've got to do a bit of sowing to get a bit of reaping. Is that right? Okay. In fact, you know, I spoke about desiring these gifts. Paul says this in the next verse I want to show you. 1 Corinthians 12, 31. Go right down to verse 31. First of all, who is Paul talking to? He's talking at the Apostles' Conference, the Pastors' Conference. He's talking to the Evangelist Conference and the Teachers' Conference. Where is he? Who's he speaking? Who's he writing this letter to? The Corinthians. In, I can't remember if it's, I mean, some, we've got a vicar, ex-vicar, and we've got an ex-pastor here. They might know where that verse is. Um, what's that part of the verse? Yeah, I'll find it. I've lost my train of thought again. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. At one, at one point when he was addressing the Corinthians, he called them carnal. Right? That's what he says. You're worldly, you're very carnal. But right here, he says this, desire, but earnestly desire the best gifts. Earnestly. So who's he talking to? Is he talking to you? Is this word as good today as it was then? Is it as, as applicable today as it was then? So he's speaking to you. So I'm saying to you as a congregation, earnestly desire the best gifts. Why? So you can be a big deal and say that I can... I can you know, give prophecy, or I can heal, or raise the dead, like our friend here. That's not what it's about, is it? God's given us these gifts so that we can help others. That's why we're to earnestly desire them. 
And he's talking to people like you and me, ordinary people. Say you're ordinary. Look at that word, earnestly desire. Let's see what that means. It means to covet, but in a good sense. It means to burn with zeal. In a good sense. It means to be zealous in the pursuit of good. To strive after all in a good sense. How many of us are earnestly desiring these gifts? One person. I'm glad. I'm doing it as well. That's two of us. Oh, there's a, there's a guy with two hands up. Yeah, that's good. Some of us. Am I speaking to the right people today? Shall I go to Tesco's and do the message there? Right by those other machines. The automatic ones. And then it says, call the attendant, because you've got some paracetamol or something, and you've got to get the attendant there. I want to know, I want to know who the trolley police are. I really, I don't, get, I don't get upset by this or offended by this, but there should be trolley police at Aldi's, M&S, and every other thing. Don't you agree? No, you don't know what I'm talking about. When people, I'm walking behind people, and they're going like this. There's their trolley. There's the aisle. And then this, you can't get past them. And I'm saying, I'm saying, where's the trolley police? Isn't that annoying? I say to Esther, sorry, I say to Esther, look, darling, just park it like that. Then people can get past. That's, that's normal, isn't it? But some people aren't quite normal, and they've got to go like this, haven't they? And they can't reach the shelves. It's ridiculous. So I'm going to go to Tesco's this afternoon. And I'm going to say, can I get a job and be the trolley police? Who invited this guy to speak today? Do I feel better? I don't get annoyed like that. I think, I wonder if Beth gets annoyed when she goes shopping and there's no trolley police and the trolleys are just, they're everywhere. And then all the people, they just block the aisle. Come on, do they do that on purpose? I have the, I'm blessed. I have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and my wife tells me that I'm, okay, we, we're not to be passive about these gifts. Come on, let's earnestly desire them. Let's do that. You know, remember, let's remember this about, about healings and miracles and things like that. Who turned the water into wine at the wedding of Cana? Jesus did. Are you sure about that? Did, these, did the disciples play any part in that whatsoever? What did they have to do? Fill the pots. All we've got to do is just do what Jesus asks us to do, and he'll do the rest. We don't have to perform the miracle. He'll do that. We've just got to step out in faith and say, Lord, use me. I want to be used by you. This is what we need to I'll be asking God all the time. I want to be used by you, Lord. Use me in some way. And hopefully it will bless the people that you're around. And it will affect them in such a way that they'll maybe look to God. Okay, let's go to that first spiritual gift. <clears throat> the word of wisdom. What is that? Let's have a look at this. Now, the Bible talks about worldly wisdom. That's not what it is. Godly wisdom. If we lack wisdom, James says, we can ask God for wisdom and he'll give us wisdom which is really good. But this is what I believe the word of wisdom is. You might have another interpretation. and there's, People get confused with a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge. We're going to explain a word of knowledge next week, but a word of wisdom this week. This is what this, I believe this means. It's an impression 
It's a word or picture concerning what to do in a given situation. So I believe this is special wisdom, supernatural wisdom the Holy Spirit gives in certain circumstances. Remember these gifts are, they're supernatural. You've got to understand that. The Holy Spirit gives us these gifts, but they are supernatural. Who knows Martin Lewis? The, what is he? He's a financial guy. Isn't you see him on the TV? Is that right? What does he deal with? He's got a lot of wisdom with finances, isn't he? But I think he's learned that over decades, hasn't he? He's learned and gained all this wisdom about how to save money and how to help you save money. You know, the word of wisdom can't be learned through experience. It can't. The word of wisdom, I believe, is the ability of the Holy Spirit to drop a word into your heart, especially when you're ministering to somebody. That's what I believe. When they're facing like seemingly impossible situations, they don't know what to do. Hopefully you're prayed up before you go. Any, Esther and I go and meet anybody. I don't care what it is. Even to meet Josh, the worship leader, I, I pray beforehand before I go and see them. And if it's someone I need to go and pray for, I pray, Lord, just help me. And just, if I need wisdom, give me wisdom when I'm speaking to these people, if they're going through hard times or difficult situations. And it's in those, it's like a, in a, with this impossible situation, this word is given in a moment. And God gives you that wisdom. And as you're sharing it with them and they apply it, you can see a breakthrough in their situations. Anyone had that word of wisdom about a certain situation and you go away from that meeting and you say, God, I don't, know how I, I don't know how that came out of my mouth. I don't know what came out of my mouth. I don't understand it. I don't think that was me. You feel like that? I believe that's, that's the word of wisdom. And God can give us wisdom to do anything. Even with natural gifts, God can give us wisdom. But I believe that's what the word of wisdom is. Okay, let's have a look at the word of wisdom in Jesus' life. Let's have a look at that as an example. Matthew twenty-two seventeen. Who'd like this kind of wisdom? Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? You see, the, these guys were trying to trap Jesus. And how does Jesus respond? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius. Verse 20. And he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Who would have liked that kind of wisdom in a difficult situation? I believe that's supernatural. You might say, well, Jesus is God. We understand that. But he had to rely on the Holy Spirit like we have to rely on the Holy Spirit. Is that right? So this is a word of wisdom. Let's look at verse 22. Let's see how they responded. When they heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. The Holy Spirit, I believe, gave Jesus that word of wisdom. What about in the life of Stephen, I'm, I'm coming into land now. In the life of Stephen, when they, just before they stoned him, it says at the end of that, they said, but they could not stand up against the wisdom. Who gave him the wisdom? What does it say up there? The Spirit gave him as he spoke. Do you see that? In moments when you're counseling or ministering to people and you don't know what to say, in my heart and mind, I'm saying, Lord, just give me something. Give me a word to help these people, to encourage these people that they'll feel better when they leave than before they came in to this room. 
And we can use the word of wisdom for ourselves as well. And let me explain that the word of wisdom isn't natural. It's supernatural. And let's have a look at this situation here. When Jesus spoke to his disciples, because he said to them, he made it plain, if you're going to come and follow me, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Right? And you might be questioned, what did Peter and John do? With a miracle, they created a miracle. Jesus performed the miracle with the lame man. But what happened after that? Some religious people, who likes religious people? Some religious people brought them before the council, didn't they? Is that right? Let's see what Jesus would say about things like this. For the good news must first be preached to all nations. But when you are arrested and stand trial, don't worry in advance about what to say. Just say what God tells you at the time. Is that what that says? Then it goes on to say, for it is not you who will be speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Do you get it? That's a word of wisdom. Lord, help me. Typical situation. I don't know what to do, but I need your wisdom. I believe God will give you the, the wisdom to help people when necessary. The heading in my Bible to Ephesians 1.17, I, I am coming into land. I'm only going to be a few more minutes. Ephesians 1.17, if you've got your Bibles in the Amplified, I love this. And I pray this. I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of him, for we know the Father through the Son. So when I'm facing a difficult situation, this is the kind of prayer that I would pray. I thank you, Father, that you give me the spirit of wisdom and insight and knowledge as I face this problem. And I believe God helps me and has helped me, has helped us over many, many years of ministry. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. And I know with these messages, there is a lot to take in. That's why we're going to try and do it with bite-sized pieces so that we can gain a better understanding of what I've spoken about. And then the best thing for you to do is to go home, get hold of these verses, and start speaking them over your life. Start meditating on them. Start reading about them. And then start asking God for those gifts. Because I believe he wants to give them to you. It's not for super, they're not for super spiritual people. It's not just for pastors or leaders or elders or Bible school, school students. It's for everybody that wants to desire these gifts. Like Paul says, earnestly desire the best gifts. That's what he goes on to say. And when we do that, I believe God will give us those gifts so that we can help people. That's what we're here to do, to help people. Well, this morning, while every head is bowed, every eye closed, I just want to ask, is there anybody here this morning who doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior? And you're here, I don't believe by accident, I believe God has drawn you here. And I believe God wants to make a difference in your life. And I believe God wants to come into your life. But are you willing to accept him as your Lord and Savior? And I believe throughout this service, he's been knocking on the door of your heart. And the good thing about the door of this heart, God's not just going to barge into our lives. The good thing about this door is that the handle is on the inside. Are you willing to open up 
the door of your heart and open it and, and let Jesus come in. Second thing is, maybe you've tried church, you've gone to church, you're a bit discouraged by church, you don't think church is what it should be and it's not what you thought it might be, and then your expectations are too high with church. That's the problem. Some people just put their hope in the church or the pastor. You'd have put your hope in Jesus Christ. He's your savior. He's the true shepherd. We're just the under shepherds to the good shepherd. He's your good shepherd and he is good. And friend, he loves you. And maybe you've wandered away from church, but you're here this morning. You think, I just want to give God another try. Is that you? Am I speaking to you this morning? You want to give God another try. Friend, God loves you and wants you and will always give you another try. So firstly, do you want to give your life to Jesus maybe for the first time? Just raise your hand up and say, that's me. Talking to me. Anybody this morning doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Anybody here this morning who's brave enough? Come on, I want every head bowed, every eye closed, please. I don't want to embarrass people because it's sometimes very difficult and challenging to put your hand up when a question's asked in church because you think people are then, they're then going to look at you. You might think they're going to judge you, but that's not true. Everybody in here would love you and encourage you to just respond. Is that you? Are you backslidden? Have you drifted away from God, but you want to give God another chance? Just raise your hand up and say, that's me. I want to give God another chance in my life. Maybe you've been hurt by the church, and I'm really sorry for that. Just raise your hand up and say, that's me. You're talking to me. I want to come back to God today. Okay, let's believe we're all good with God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to close the service and we're going to have tea and coffee. Please stay for tea and coffee. Father God, I thank you for, for your church. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Father, that you desire to give good gifts to your people, your children so that we can obediently just do what you call us to do in the earth, Father God. Father, as we go right now, I thank you that your angels will encamp around everyone, watch over them, keep them safe, free from harm until we can meet again. And if you love the Lord, you'll say, amen. Just one thing to share before I go. Yep, just two things to share before I go. Could I have Mark just come up for a second, would you? Yeah, that Mark. Just come up. Don't you think Mark did a great job of organizing the birthday? And Cindy. Just a little something. Thank you so much. Give me a hug. Just a little something to say thank you. I thought you did an outstanding job at a birthday party. So that's great. If anybody needs prayer for anything, there'll be people up here with lanyards. You'll see them. Just wave your hands, those with lanyards. That's it. They'll be up here to pray for you about anything. All right, if you've got some prayer needs, please don't leave this place without being prayed for. Okay, you want to say something? Microphone.